Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. So good being here again with you guys and for those of you I in the week, obviously, you might not know, I went through a bit of a, my, my father passed away a week ago, and we had a funeral this week, and all of that. Thank you so much to all of you for the messages and the support. Some of you guys brought food and encouraged. I know many of you are praying, and just want to th- say thank you so, so much for all of your love. It really is amazing to be part of a family that cares. I want us to look this morning at Starting in a a verse many of us have probably read, many of us probably know well, I'm pretty sure in the children's church class, at some stage in the curriculum, they work through this. It's one of those verses, one of those stories that's just fun to read and encouraging, but at the same time, we were to sit down around, it's so challenging. It's in Acts chapter 3, it's just after the Holy Spirit has been poured out. Pentecost has just taken place, so Jesus has been crucified, He's ascended to heaven, and the Holy Spirit has been poured poured upon the early church. And Peter and John is where we pick up the story. They went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the gate beautiful or the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us! The layman looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up. And walk. That is such a crazy story. This is one of those stories. Can you imagine this guy goes home that day? Because this is a man who was lame from birth. I've seen a couple of kids in my life. And I've yet to see a kid who from birth decides deliberately to act that they cannot walk. To act that they cannot move. On the contrary, they do everything in their power to try and move to try and walk. And so this kid wasn't acting as a kid. His parents, the whole community, everybody knows this guy is lame. And Jesus comes and heals him, makes him whole. And later on, they're kind of the best. I don't know, Jesus, Peter and John come and heal this guy and upset all of the religious folk because you shouldn't be doing that. This which is happening here, it shouldn't be happening. It's one of those stories kind of a, One day, I guess we're going to be in heaven for a pretty long time, and I'm going to go to the library and go fetch like the Earth, Planet Earth DVD series and go to about 33 AD and pop and watch this sort of in the world's biggest IMAX. So if I had a, a time travel machine, this is one of those moments I'd love to go back to and just be a fly on the wall and just see what actually happened here. But the crazy thing about that is these guys, this guy comes and he says to Peter and John, give us some money. Give me some money. And Peter and John look at him and they're like, we don't have money, but we've got something else. And that which we have, we want to give that to you. That which we have, we want to deposit that into your life. That which we've received, we want to give. And I guess there's a really simple but such a powerful truth. We can only give what we've received. In other words, we can't give what we don't have. The reason this passage is so challenging for me is because if I go and sit down and I go past the beautiful gate and there's a beggar from birth, looking up at me, asking for money. What is my response? Do I have inside me the confidence, the boldness? Have I received something which I'm able to give? Have I received something which I can 
give to somebody else. And I'm challenged by that. I'm wrestling. I'm like, God, I want to be in a place where I have received from you so that I can give to others. So I want us to think around that a little bit this morning. What is it that you have received? That which you have received, is that everything that there is to receive or is there more? That revelation you've received from God, that God, the truth you've received from God, the understanding you've received from God, is that everything? Or is it the surface that we've just begun to scratch and there's so much more, so much more? I think Scripture says that out of our innermost being, rivers of living water will flow. And if I'm totally honest, if I look in my life, I think there are places where perhaps there's a little stream flowing. There are perhaps places that are a little bit dry. There are places where I can't walk into a situation with a confidence that a Peter and John and say, that which I have received, I've got, and I can give to you, and it's going to change your life. I don't want to break down or make light of what we have received. We have received so incredibly much. God has deposited in our lives for those of us who know Him so much that we get to walk with Him. We get to experience Him. We get to worship. We get salvation. All of that is pretty insane. And if that's all there ever was, that would be more than enough. But the God we serve is so amazing and so awesome that there is so much more. One of the things I love that we've been given is just the ability to make disciples. I love the fact that people that walk through this church, that have been in this church for a while, grow in faith. Many of you sitting here are testimony to that. And many of us sitting here, we have seen friends and colleagues and people, classmates and we're students come in and perhaps they've finished studying or they've moved to a different town, whatever, but they're discipled and they're following Jesus. They haven't forsaken the faith. I love that, that God has placed that within us. Just in the last week or two, some people came and knocked on our, our door, and Yaku was here, and they're looking for, they're doing a, a ministry in um, the inner city, and they're looking for people to come and help make disciples. I love that they came and knocked on our door, and they asked for that because they didn't come and ask for money because we would have had to say, like Peter and John, we don't have silver or gold. But what we do have, we can give to you. And so we're looking into how does that work? How are we going to disciple about 200 people living in a communal block in sort of closer to the inner city? And they came and knocked. They've asked us specifically. They want us to impart. So if any of you are interested in being part of that, knock on Yaku's door. We'd love, we're going to have to figure this out, what that's going to look like exactly. How are we going to minister to those people? But I love that God has given us, and that's something we can be excited about because we've received it, and so we can give it. We know what it is to follow Jesus, and we know how we can impart that and deposit that into the lives of others. Acts chapter 1, I think this should become a cry in South Africa, everywhere, but specifically in South Africa. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Imagine a country crying out for power, and rather than crying out to ESCOM, we start crying to the Holy Spirit for power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses and they're all across the world, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Are we living powerless? Wow, thing is dead. I see everyone at the back there is running around looking up at the screen. That's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Are we living powerless or powerful lives? Tomorrow morning when I wake up and I, I go to work, is there an awareness inside of me that I am filled with the Spirit of the living God, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives in me, and today when I go to work, I am not living a powerless life, I'm living a powerful life, filled with the power of the living God. Is it that it's the stream of living water of power to the glory of God that's running through me like Peter and John, and they come and knock on the guy at the gate, beautiful the guy, the gate beautiful, in a sense, knocks on their door, and they're like, I don't know what this is, but what I've got, I'm going to give it to you. What is that which is deposited in your pocket and in, in my pocket? What is it that we've got? I thank God that I've seen and I've glimpsed some experiences of power, can tell of stories. I remember one specifically, we were in... Um, 
almost said Malawi, Zambia, in the Copper Belt. And doing a, a pastor's training conference there many years ago, I was just a, a postgraduate student at the time, and we went to do some training with the pastors. There was an incredible time. We had this privilege of investing into the lives. The first night, we prayed for the sick. And I remember I felt when we used to pray for deaf people. And I prayed for a lady who was deaf in the one ear. And the next morning, some of you heard the story. We started the morning, and they were all gathering together. We said, hey, we prayed for some of you last night. Are there any of you here that can tell a story that kind of what happened when we prayed for you? Just stir faith in people's hearts. This lady comes forth, and she says, in the place where they live, there's lots of dogs, neighbors all around. And the dogs bark the whole night normally, and she struggles to sleep. But it's not too much of a problem because she just rolls over with a good ear on the pillow, and she can't hear the dog sleeping. And then she gets a smile on her face, and she says, last night I couldn't sleep. doesn't matter which way I turned. I heard the dogs. God has healed. God has restored my hearing. And so we can tar- carry on telling story after story of glimpses that we've seen of God's grace and God's power working through our lives, working through my life in that sense. In all of us, we've, we've got little glimpses of that. But I, I look at that, and I'm like, surely if I'm serving the God of creation, There is more. There is more than the odd occasion that we can tell. And that's just one, fortunately, it's weird how this happens. It seems to be when we step out and we go, the Holy Spirit moves in a really powerful way. But there are these stories, these experiences we have with God. And something inside of me is stirring a little bit. Surely, Jesus, there is more. Jesus, there is more. And the only way for me to give more is not to do more or to be more or to strive more, but it's to receive more. See, I can only give that which I have received. Peter and John, they look at this guy and they're like, we don't have silver and money, but what we have received, we can give to you. We have received something different to this world. As Christians, our lives should look different in so many different ways, not just in our behavior, not just in our conduct, not just in our character. And I think a little bit later on in the year, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about character because it is so important. So sad for me how in in church sometimes we run after power, we run after signs, and we run after wonders and to the neglect of character. And I believe God wouldn't have us, we don't have to neglect the one to pursue the other. We can pursue them both at the same time. It's interesting if you look at sort of what an elder should be there's very little that Scripture says an elder should do. But there's very much that, the elders, that Scripture says an elder should be. Because before an elder is anything else, an elder must be an example of godliness, of what it means to look like, to follow Jesus. And so there are certain things that should be evident in an elder's life. It's all about character. And those things are, are so important. We need to find ways to pursue them both equally at the same time. But if the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave now lives in you, it lives in me, if I wake up tomorrow morning with that same Spirit giving life to my mortal flesh, surely my life has to look a little bit different. Surely there has to be something of what Peter and John has here when I go to work tomorrow morning and my colleague comes and knocks on my door and I say, silver and gold, the things of this world I may not have, but I've got something that's not of this world. And let me give it to you. Let me give it to you because I have received it. And because I've received it, I'm able to pass it on. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, just after the beautiful 1 Corinthians 13 chapter, which some of us know so well, the, the chapter that's all about love. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Just after we've heard, though I speak with tongues of angels and tongues of men, but have not love, I'm just a clanging symbol. And all of those passages, love is patient, love is kind, and all of those things that love is. The very next verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, we said, let love be your highest goal by all means. Let us pursue love above everything else. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. You should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. And he carries on to give reasons why prophecy is so important within a church context. Our more traditional, our more 
conservative in a sense, or more word-for-word translations would say, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So I wonder is, we are sitting here as we came to church this morning, as we went through our day yesterday. I wonder how many of us in our day-to-day living, we were like, I want to desire the spiritual gifts. God, today I, I want to grow in this. I want to experience the gift of the Spirit working through my life. I want to receive something from you, Jesus, so that I can walk into situations and firstly have received it because it's pretty amazing, but also walk into a situation and be able to give what I've received. What is it that you have received? What is it that you are hungry to receive? It's interesting. The wording says here, we should desire the spiritual gifts. Just before that, chapter, and we read, we, this is sort of 1 Corinthians 14, which is all about the gifts of the Spirit, and verse 1 Corinthians 13, which is all about sort of the importance of love, and 1 Corinthians 12, so I'm paging sort of backwards through 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12 is surprisingly also all about the gifts of the Spirit. And in there from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verses 4 to 7, we read, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Not in some of us, not in selected ones of us, in all of us. And in verse 7 it says, a spiritual gift is given to each one of us so we can help each other. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. Perhaps look at your neighbor and look at them in the eye and say, God has given you a spiritual gift. God has given you. Not one of us sitting here is excluded from God's each one of us. He says those gifts look different. In 1 Corinthians 12, it lists at least nine different gifts. I don't think that's an exhaustive list. I don't think every single spiritual gift that God gives is listed there. There are other passages where God lists other gifts, and He calls them spiritual gifts as well. But every one of us, we have received spiritual gifts so that we can help each other. We receive these gifts so that we can encourage one another, we can build one another, so that in truth we can be church. Because church is all about lifting up others. In First Peter chapter 4, this is one of those really crazy verses in Scripture. God has given the same sort of theme, the same idea. It's carrying on. It says, God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. God has given each of you from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God Himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with the strength and energy that God supplies then everything, watch this. So that's pretty cool. Whatever you do, do it. If God gives you the ability, kind of there's another way you can phrase this, whatever God's called you to do, do it as if God's called you to do it. I think as Christians, we should be a lot more bold, not arrogant, but a lot more bold about what God's called us to do. We should have this letter in a sense, we have this letter in a sense, in our back pocket, commissioned, signed by the living God, I, God, Yahweh, creator of the universe, hereby appoint, fill in your name, to fill in your name. Imagine if you had that letter in your back pocket and you went to work tomorrow morning or you went to your family tomorrow morning and you really believe God had called you to do that. Imagine the company you work for, the organization you're with, the head of the organization, the CEO, the MD, the head of the university or whatever. They give you a handwritten note saying, I hereby appoint, and you fill in your name, to fulfill some task. I wonder how many of us are going to be hesitant about fulfilling the task. I don't really know if I must do this. I'm going to sit there and, you know, looking, we're sitting in a meeting and we know it. 
we've been appointed. This is the thing that we must do, and everybody's wanting to go in a different direction. But the CEO called us in, had a private conversation with us, said, I want us to go in this direction. If anyone's unsure, here's the letter. I'm saying that this is what I want you to do. Most of us would be like, look, I know we had all these opinions, but this is what the boss said. And if they're going to look at you funny, you're going to, and here's the letter that says it. Imagine if we lived like we've got that letter from God in our back pocket. God has called you. God has given you a calling, a purpose, a reason for being in. What if we lived that calling as if God had called us to do it? Unapologetically, not arrogantly, not proudly, with humility, with grace, but with boldness at the same time. What if we stood up tomorrow morning when you go to work and we say, I know this Maybe not the job description kind of lawyer or whatever, but reconciling families is what God's called me to do. Maybe you're a family lawyer. Maybe building infrastructure and helping people to sort out challenges of civil engineering. So God's called you not to be a civil engineer as such, but He's called you to restore broken societies and communities. And we woke up and we said, I'm going to do this as if God's called me to do it. So I'm going to do it with boldness. I'm going to do it with urgency. I'm going to do it with excellence. God has given it, so what if we use them well to serve one another? If we've got those gifts, do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. What if we embraced those and we lived our lives in the same way? What if we took these gifts that God has given us and we lived with them with all the strength and energy that God supplies? That would be pretty cool. But then this next verse is what really rocks it for me. (laughs) This is crazy. Then, so let's quickly pause. What is the then? The then is if I use the gift that God has given me with all the strength and energy that God supplies, then, then what? Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Then everything you do. If we use our gifts if we bring that gift, if we allow God the gift that He has pledged, which we have received, we freely give that. God says, when I step into that place, I begin to live my life in that way. Then everything I do brings Him glory. Then the way I read my newspaper brings Him glory. Then my eating breakfast brings Him glory. Then my going to work brings Him glory. Then my practicing my gift brings Him glory. He doesn't say then the thing you do within the confines of that gift brings Him glory. No. Then everything you do. I read that and I'm like, Jesus, this is pretty insane. Jesus, I want to live a life where everything I do brings you glory and part of the key of that is for me to embrace what I've received. My daughter's birthday is today and She's wanted a specific gift for quite a while and told us about the gift that she wants. It's a gift which I guess like most gifts when you're a kid, she has absolutely, oh, congratulations, whoever fixed that. She has absolutely no capacity within her today 10-year-old life to acquire for herself. It's not the world's, it's not a cheap gift, but fortunately not the world's most expensive gift ever. But it's way beyond, she's quite the saver. She's got a little savings box. Every now and again when I need money, I go and beg for my daughter. Um, Because I'm not big on cash, but she's got like all her birthday money. And when she gets a little tip from a friend or whatever, she sells something at school. Goes into her little cash box that she hides somewhere and then she puts the key somewhere with no one can find it, and only she knows where it is. She's a, a real little saver. So she's got a little bit, of, but she cannot afford the gift. She would never be able to, in her 10-year-old life, get enough money to be able to buy that. Even if she could do that, she doesn't know how to get to the shop. She doesn't have the means. She doesn't even know which shop to go to, how to get to. It's just way beyond anything she could ever achieve. And yet, she knows if she brings that desire to her parents, And we will put our faith out and we will trust God to be able to provide because we want to give it to her. That's exactly the analogy we see here in Luke chapter 11 
where Jesus is speaking and he says, your fathers, today in my context with my daughter, me, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you're sinful, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And so that brings to the simple question, what are we asking God for? What are we asking Him for? Are we asking Him just, Jesus, give me your spirit so I can pray in tongues, not knocking at all, beautiful, do it as often as you can. Paul says he does it, does it more than any of us praying this. But is that what I'm kind of limiting my receiving of the spirit? Or is it, God, I, I want to receive what Peter and John had. I want to receive something that I can impart and I can deposit into another life. I want to be able to go walk to Menland Mall and see somebody struggling and just be able to change their life forever, not because I've got a check for a million rand that I can hand out and realize the other day that would even be useless today because banks don't even accept checks anymore, but not because I'm able to just deposit a stack of money into their account. I have something which I've received. God's deposited something within me. I'm able to give that. And that which I give turns people's lives upside down for the glory of God. What is it that we are asking God for? What is it that you are asking God for? I want to ask you perhaps in these next few weeks to join me in praying, in asking God for more of His presence. More specifically, of this element of His power, of the working of the Spirit in our midst. Got this running, I don't think joke is the right way to, to describe it, but the sort of running thing that we, Yaku and I have been speaking about the office, and it's weird, I've never been able to explain this. It's just one of those things that is, and it's, it's not a joke, it's not the right way, but the morning Holy Spirit is different to the evening Holy Spirit. I don't know why, can't explain it. But something happens when we gather together in the evening. And our evening services, the last while, really have not been very big. But the Holy Spirit is there in such a powerful way. Just setting people free, deliverance, healings, just crazy, crazy stories. I'm trusting God for that to flow through, not once again to be limited, a little stream flowing. And I'm praying for a big gushing river to flow through the evenings and the mornings. To have an expectation that, God, when we come here, we're not just coming to, and please excuse the flippancy, I don't mean it kind of in a flippant way, but not just coming to sing some nice songs and hear some nice words and speak with some nice people. God, we're coming because we're seeking a river of life. We're coming because there is a God who has risen from the grave. He wants to work in our lives, and He wants to work through our lives, and He wants to empower us to carry a message to a broken world. I'm expecting, God, that if I'm going to invite my friend to come on Sunday, that they're going to experience God in a powerful way, because every time we come together, we experience God in a powerful way. I want to ask you, can we begin to pray and say, God, we want that as our birthright again. We want that as our children. We want people coming in here like the beggar at the gate, beautiful. And we look at them and we say, silver and gold, we don't have. We've got something else worth so much more. And we can give that to you because we've received it. And so our prayer to come to the Father, to come to our good Father, to pray a simple Luke 11 prayer, God, we want to receive your Holy Spirit. Not just receive your Holy Spirit sort of in the small, confined way of the way He enriches my life and leads me in truth. And once again, that's not a small, confined way that's insignificant in any way. It is amazing. But it is the living God. There is so, so much more. What are we hungry for? What are we praying for? What are we expectant for? There are two ways we receive the gifts. From God, The one way in which we receive the gift from God is from the gift giver. From God, we come to Him and we say, God, we want to receive. And He says, I will give you. Another way in which we receive, we read in, also in Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 and 41. 
Whoever receives you. Here's Jesus. He's speaking to, I think at this stage it was the 70. He was about to send them out into the towns and the villages where he himself was headed. And he said, you guys go so long and preach the gospel. Tell them about me. And he says to them, whoever receives you, receives me. Whoever receives me, receives him who sent me. Let's just pause there for a moment. What is he saying? He says, when we've received from God, and we go in that capacity to others, and they receive us, they receive from God. And they receive God. If we've received God, and we carry God with us where we go, and people receive us, they receive God. Because we are carriers of God. We have received, and because we have received, we are able to give. Peter and John understand this. They look at the guy at the gate, beautiful, and they say, we have received so we can give. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And here we see that idea that we can receive from the giver. We can also receive from the receiver. If somebody has received something, we can receive that from them in the same way that this man at the gate beautiful received from Peter and John. One of the words we use for that is impartation. We receive something in our spirit and we can impart it to others. Some of you may remember at the beginning of the year in our, our February fast, I asked for us to pray for three specific things. To pray for God's presence in our midst. To pray for God's power in our midst and to pray for God's guidance, His direction. We asked, spent a month praying along those three themes. And so earlier in the year, we had James and Greg and Jason come up and help our worship teams a little bit. And we received an impartation. It's just amazing. It's just, you can ask the band guys, and I'm sure you guys have experienced it. Our, our worship team, God has just taken it to just level up. There's been growth in our music. There's been a growth in our worship. There's been a growth in our ability to draw near to God, to experience His presence. And obviously, worship in a musical sense isn't the only way, but it is one way in which we experience God's presence. And there was an impartation, so we prayed into that, and we set up a weekend, and we're like, God, we're trusting you for this. It's so great to see how God answers that prayer. This coming weekend, we were, we've been praying the second one. We were praying for God's power in our lives. I'm so excited this coming weekend because we have Andre coming, and in the last 10 years or so, God's just been working in him. He's been pressing into this, and he'll tell his story a little bit, I'm sure, when he's here. Just pressing into the power of God, just flowing in the gifts and understanding of the way the Spirit works through him. And I'm so excited. I told Andre, I don't know if anybody else is going to register. Obviously, I hope you guys will speak about that in a moment. But even if I don't, I just want to receive what God's imparted into your life over this last. I understand that, Andre, if I receive you, as a gift from God, as somebody who has received from God. I open a door to receive what you have received. You see, I can go and spend 10 years wrestling like Andre did, trusting God to impart those things into my life as well. And we all do that in various ways and various aspects of our lives. But I can go and I can press in in the way that Andre has for the last 10 years. Or I can say, Andre, God has given you some stuff. Come and give it to us. And so we had the worship weekend, which was about us growing in God's presence. And now we've got this weekend, which, and what I want us to see, it's not just some haphazard thing. It's something that we prayed for at the beginning of the year. And then God's opening these doors and He's answering our prayer. And one of the ways in which we're going to grow in the power of His presence, just more of His is when we come and we align, we allow ourselves to receive. What I want us to understand in that sense this morning is Andre coming or James and Greg coming and later on in the year when we have convergence and we have some really great speakers coming in, they're going to help us. And as I was just praying through this, I realized our three big events this year are the three answers to our questions we prayed in February. 
God, we want to know your presence. And he sends us James and Greg and Jason, people who have spent the last however long, large parts of their lives just pressing into the presence of God. God, we want to know your power and Andre comes along. God, we want your direction and clarity. We want your guidance and convergence is all about just apostolic direction. Yinka's just got an incredible story of apostolic direction and revival that God has birthed, just that he's been a part of and he has received that. And so when we come to a weekend like Convergence, when we come to a weekend like next weekend, I want to encourage us, come with Matthew 10, 40 and 41 in our hearts. God, I'm coming to receive from you via another receiver. This person, this gift, this vessel has received from you, and I want to receive what they have received, Lord. I want to receive a deposit from them. I want to receive what you've established in their life. Peter and John, silver and gold, I don't have, we don't have, but what we have, we're going to give to you. There are people all across our lives who have received from God. And one of our hindrances to our receiving from God is because we cannot receive from those people. It's when we position our hearts and we come with humble, open hearts and we say, God, we want to receive from those who have received from you. And many of, us have, many of us have people in our small groups, we have people in our lives, people who work with us, who have in some way received from God. We must learn to receive from them. Ask us to pray, ask them to pray for us, to share with us, to lay hands on us. There's an impartation moment that happens there. We're probably not going to receive all and everything they have in that one moment. But when we spend time around them, when we pray with them, when they invest into our lives, when we learn and we glean from them, we receive more and more of what they've received. And so as we head into next week, let's trust God that He would impart into our lives, that we would receive from the receiver. Next week's case, it happens to be Andre. He's received some stuff from God. And God, we want to receive that in our lives. And then as we receive, we've already received so much. I'm not trying to knock that away. I know some of many of us sit here. We have received so much from God. I never want to belittle anything that God gives us because it is amazing. It is so amazing, every little thing that we get from God. It's life-changing. When we step back and we see, we see a God of the whole universe. We understand there is so much more we can still receive. If our lives were to end now, what we've received is phenomenal in this earth. Obviously, there's eternity where there's so much more. But here on this earth, are we hungry for more? Or are we satisfied with just the glimpse that we've received? So I want to invite you, pray with me. Let us pray specifically in this next week, over the next month, and say, God, we want to receive more of who you are in this capacity, in this way. I know as, as following Jesus, and I guess spins into leading church as well, it is complex because there are so many different things that we need to grow in. We need to grow in our character. We need to grow in all of those elements, and each one of those, we can spend years on praying in just one of those elements, just grace or patience. That's a journey of life by itself. We need to grow in anointing. We want to grow in evangelism. We want to grow in ministry. We want to grow in gifting. We want to grow in all of those things, and I think one of the ways that I've seen God works with us, with His church, with churches, is He builds us up step by step, like building, I guess, one of these walls or one of these columns. He lays some bricks all the way across. And then the next level. And then the next level. And so we spend time in worship. And then we one brick that's established and that bar is raised. Then we spend time in evangelism, and that brick is raised. And then we spend time in mercy and caring for the poor, and that brick is raised. And then after a while, God circles back to worship again, or whichever one was first. And it's a continual process of growing. And so I want to invite us for the next month, take time to press in to this, to say, God, I want to receive from you. I want to ask you as a good, good father, there's no ways that I could ever, in my human capacity, get that which I'm desiring. Just like my daughter can in no way in her human capacity get what she desired for her birthday today. But a father can give it to her. So, Father, we want to come will you, and ask, will you give it to us? 
And some of it He's going to give us in our quiet time. Some of us He's going to give us in our time of prayer in Bible school. He's going to give it to us in our small groups. He, he's not limited in how and where He gives it to us. Some of it He will give to us through someone like an Andre coming and investing into our lives. And then Matthew 10, verse 5 and 8. So Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. So the first 12, when they went the first time, only go to Jews. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is here. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Give as freely as you have received. And so my prayer is, let us be hungry to receive. Let us be, God, I want to receive. God, there is so much more of you that I want to receive. But as I receive, I realize I've received for free. I think the ESV says something, you received without paying. We've received for free. There was no cost involved with it. We have received because we asked and we spent time with the Father. Let that always be in our heart that whatever we receive, we want to give. We want to be people who freely give because it's more blessed to give than to receive. But we can only give what we have received. And so I pray that God would come and say to us, go out into the streets, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy. That would be pretty cool. Cast out demons. Thinking earlier in the next year, we're probably going to have a whole weekend just dedicated to deliverance and setting people free from demonic oppression. It's something that God just begun to awake again. Those of you who've been here in the evening services, you picked up on that probably. God just begun to awaken that and I'm praying into that and saying, God, where can we learn? Who is it that we can receive teaching from? Or how can we raise that brick in our ministry, strengthen that arrow in our quiver? I think it's something that God wants to establish back into our ministry. But once again, it's only something we can give that we've received. Jesus says these things, healing the sick, raising the dead, curing those with leprosy, casting out demons. You can only go and do that. You can only give because you've received it. And so my heart, my prayer this morning is that we would become hungry to receive. That we would be pressing in and say, God, we want to receive, God. God, would you come and lift the expectation of what we can receive, not because what we have received isn't enough, but because, God, what we have received is just a glimpse of who you are. God, if that was all we could ever receive, it would be amazing. But God, you are so much bigger. So help us to increase our expectation and our hope, our hunger, our thirst. Make us hungry to see more of your work in our lives and through our lives, God. Make this little trickle, a steady stream into a flowing river that brings life to all who hear and all who experience it. Make us hungry, Jesus, for you and for your spirit and work in our lives. Can we stand this morning? I'd love for us to pray together. Jesus, you are so incredible, Lord. God, I want to thank you, God, that as we stand here, every one of us could take this microphone and we could spend so much time talking about what we have received from you, Lord. Even as we sang, God, you have been faithful in all of our lives, for all of our lives. And so we just say thank you for that, Jesus. God, we love every bit that you have deposited, that you have given, that we have been able to receive from you, Lord. But as we look to you, we also realize there is so much more. There is so much more, Lord Jesus. There is more of your grace. There is more of your goodness. There is more of your kindness. There is more of your love. It's like this unending treasure that we can dig into, Lord. And there's more of your gift of the Spirit, Lord. There's more of the river of living water that flows through us, Lord. There's more of the life-changing 
people saving, setting free grace of your Spirit. We pray, Holy Spirit, come and open our eyes. Lord, we even just want to repent. We want to throw away every thought, God, where we ever thought that this is enough or this is too much. There can't be ever more anymore. God, anything that we've said or thought that's allowed us to limit who you are, God. And we come and we say this morning, Jesus, we want to see more of you. We're hungry for more of you. We're thirsty for more of you, Lord. So we say, God, come. Build into our lives. We want to come to you and just simply pray Luke 11, 11, Lord. We want to acknowledge that you are a father. And you say, how much more will, your, will you give us the Holy Spirit when we ask? And so we ask you to give us your Holy Spirit, Lord. To give him in ways that we have not yet experienced, in ways that we have not yet tasted, Lord. We want to be hungry for you, Jesus. Perhaps as you're standing, don't you want to take a moment and whatever is stirring in your heart that you want to begin to ask God for to increase, to increase your expectation and your hope about. Just take a moment and just ask, begin to ask Him for that. Say, God, I don't want to be limited to the ways of this world, the thinking of this world, Lord God. I don't want to be limited to what my teacher said the maximum was or even my parents said the maximum was or a pastor said the maximum was. Because God, with you, there is no maximum, Lord. Lord, you break every box, every ceiling, every limit. You break them. You smash them all. And we ask Jesus, come and do that in our lives. We want more of you, Lord. We want more of you. Lord, and even now as church, we repent for the times when you've sent a prophet to us, Lord, somebody who's received we didn't receive from them, Lord. God, we pray for grace to be alert, to be aware of who you send, Lord. That we may receive a prophet in the name of a prophet. We may receive evangelists in the name of evangelists, apostles in the name of apostles, Lord. God, we want to receive the gift that you've deposited in them. Thank you for every person that you have sent and continue to send to invest, to build, to deposit into our lives, Lord. And we pray for grace that we may receive well from them, Jesus. Come and take out every blockage, every hindrance, Lord, every offense in our hearts, everything that stops us from receiving, God. Because we want to receive more of you in Jesus' name. sense the Holy Spirit is just ministering to you. I want to encourage you to be bold and step forward. We want to pray and just flow with whatever the Lord's doing in your heart, whatever He's speaking to you about. Don't run away from the Lord's presence if He's knocking on your door. Perhaps you're here this morning and you just drifted from firstly a relationship with Him, following Him, and you just want to come and make right with that. We want to pray with you. Perhaps you hear, and when I was saying, I just sensed a little bit earlier when I was speaking about doing what God's called you to do, as if God's called you to do it, you struggle with that, just with the boldness, and you can't step into it. It's hard for you. You know God's speaking to you, but it's like something is holding you back. There are chains and shackles, and you just can't step into and run with what God's called you for. That's you. We want to pray with you this morning and trust God to cast off those chains, to cast off those shackles. That tomorrow morning you will wake up with light feet, being able to run towards the purposes of God because He is calling you. We want to pray with you this morning if that's you. Whatever it may be that you need someone to pray with, I want to invite you to step forward. We want to pray. 
Tinas and Fadi are going to continue to minister for us in song. You want to just spend time in the Lord's presence, you're welcome to do that. If you need to go, obviously you're more than welcome to go as well. There's coffee and tea outside. Hang around, have some coffee and tea. Let's God trust God to stir our hunger. I want to invite you in this coming week. Let's pray that we would receive the Holy Spirit from the Father. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria.